listening to Opening Doors to Hope and Belonging from DePaul Community Resources. This is episode five of season two. I'm your host, Allison Wickline. Thanks so much for joining us as we learn and grow together. Let's talk about self-care. During this pandemic, I and I'm sure many others have been searching for ways to self-care. You might have transitioned to a new way of working. You might have lost your job. You might be struggling with managing childcare. You may be worried about your health and the health of those around you. It's a lot, and research says self-care can be an important part of weathering these storms. Self-care describes a conscious act one takes in order to promote their own physical, mental, and emotional health. According to a new survey conducted by the Harris Poll on behalf of Samueli Integrative Health Programs, 80% of U.S. adults say they will be more mindful about practicing self-care regularly once the pandemic is over. Nearly half of Americans also report that they are struggling to find ways to maintain their whole health, physical, mental, and spiritual, during the pandemic. So let's talk about self-care and the importance of it right now. I'm excited to be joined by Lise Martin, regional trainer at DePaul, and Becky Sellers, a clinician at DePaul, for this discussion. Welcome. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Self-care is always important, but especially right now during this stressful and uncertain time, Why do you think it is important to think about right now? Well, I mean, I do think that we're under a lot of stress. You know, our our normal has changed. It's shifted. Like you said, there's kids at home. We may be working from home. We may have lost income. And we need to be mindful of that. We have to be mindful of what that's doing to ourselves and our body. And we don't have those natural things, rhythms in our day that to help us with that self-care, like when you worked in the office, you got to eat lunch with coworkers. You have this drive home from work. You have a buffer between work and home. And we don't have those things now. I know about other people, but it's very blurry here. The lines between being a mom and being an employee and being, you know, a wife and just job and all the demands now adding on helping with school and teaching. And so I think there are a lot more demands put on us and we don't have those natural breaks and outlets that helped us feel more stable emotionally. Maybe we're not able to go to church or our places of worship or girls nights out or things that we used to do that made us feel more energized and present. I agree with everything Becky said, and I think it is super important, but specifically right now, as we are thinking about the work that we do and how we, a lot of us are natural helpers. Our families have children in their home who come from really difficult places. And the last thing that we really have time for or want to even think about is ourselves. However, we cannot fill anyone else's cup if our own cups are empty. If we are not taking care of ourselves, if we don't have what we need, we literally are unable to do that. We have all heard that oxygen mask metaphor from when you um, are about to take a flight. And that is so true. If we don't, we need oxygen to breathe. And if we are not breathing, 
we are unable to help others breathe. That kind of leads me to my next question. Do you think there are stigmas around self-care, not wanting to be selfish or take that time out of your day to help yourself versus helping others? Yeah, I definitely feel like there's stigmas. I think one of the things when I'm working with families, I do a lot of um, in-home work with families who have a lot of stress in their homes, right? And when I give them ideas for self-care, I think they're like, well, I don't have time for that. And my kids have so, you know, such high needs that, you know, when would I even fit that in and how would I fit that in? And and also just like Lisa, us as professionals, we're in a nurturing, caring giving profession. And so I think we do feel selfish if we feel like we need to take that time for ourselves, or we shouldn't need that. We shouldn't need that. We need to be everything to everybody. Right. And so I think a lot of people either feel selfish or they feel over, they're so overwhelmed. They don't even know how to fit in self-care. And I think it's because they think of self-care as this really huge thing, like taking a weekend off at the hotel or having a spa day. And it could be every two hours, taking one minute to take two deep breaths. You know, it can be whatever you need to do to feel grounded and feel present. Taking a walk at lunchtime for 10 minutes, you know, just whatever you need to do. So I think I think it's a mix of what is self-care and just that sense of overwhelm. Or And I do think people feel selfish, especially as women. I think we're trained to just be those constant giver givers. And when you're parenting kids from hard places and you have those kiddos in your home, you have to be so intentional and ever present with them that it feels like everything would fall apart if you're not kind of right there all the time. So what are some self-care tips you have for listeners? You've mentioned a couple ways that we can care for ourselves. What are some of the biggest ways or some examples for maybe people who aren't aware of ways that they can care for themselves? I mean, all the stuff that Becky was talking about, things are wonderful things that we would love to be able to do and provide for other people, like going to schedule a massage and some of these things we can't even be doing right now. However, just like Becky said, there are some really small things that we can do to help us every single day. And I think the first thing that we have to do is set that intention. I'm going to set an intention every day to, to find one thing to, to give back to myself, to give myself that oxygen so that I can help others. So some of those things would be, for example, setting really good boundaries. I think that's something that we don't really think about a whole lot as far as self-care goes. Um, but when we are able to have a good understanding of what our own needs are and be able to set some boundaries around that, that is a form of self-care. When we are able to ask for support and then receive that support and take that, that is self-care. So that is something that we can do. I know, for example, for me, if I'm struggling with something, you know, with work, I know that I can call my supervisor and reach out to her or another coworker and talk through something to figure out how can I, you know, handle this situation in a better way. That is a wonderful way to, to do that. The other thing about asking and receiving support that I think is super important 
to think about if you're one of those people that is so hesitant to bother somebody is a lot of us, we're all helpers. We all want to do compassionate acts for one another. So when you allow someone to help you and give you support and you receive that support, you are giving them the opportunity to fill their cup through that way. So it's reciprocal and it builds relationship and it builds compassion. And I think that is super important. So those are kind of my two strategy go-tos that I share with our families and our staff and others. Lisa, I love that. I think all of those things are important because we do, especially if you're working from home, you can feel very isolated and feel like you have to do this work on your own. Or if you're a foster mom or adoptive mom and your kids are home full time and maybe you're at home or you're juggling childcare, you feel like you have to do, do this work all by yourself and that it's so important to reach out when you need help. And I think kind of knowing yourself, right? And knowing how you're feeling. Are you feeling like it's hard to get out of bed? You know, are you not even motivated? Like it takes so much energy just to get a shower. You know, how are you feeling? And if you're feeling those things, then you know, you, you need to take some time for you. You need to take some time to breathe. And I am really a strong believer, like I said before, is taking those little steps every day. Oh, you know, you feel that tension in your shoulders, take a minute to stretch, you know, in between lunch and afternoon school, you know, maybe the whole family goes for a 10 minute walk, you know, maybe you take some time to stretch or meditate or pray before you go to bed. It's little things all throughout the day, but it's being like Lisa, being setting that intention and being mindful of it and being aware of what your body, I think we go, go, go so much that we don't even listen to our bodies. We don't even listen to like how we're feeling. And all of a sudden, it hits us like a wall. Like we slam into a wall and we're like, oh my goodness, I just am so exhausted or I have no energy or you lose that capacity to give to other people when you are so depleted. And so I think really be mindful of how you're feeling and figuring out what works for you. Maybe a 10 minute walk works for me. Maybe to you, that seems (laughs) to another person that's horrible. (laughs) So you have to find what works for you and what refreshes To me, like when you do self-care, you feel refreshed and re-energized both at the same time. So finding those activities that help you feel that, even if it's just a 10-minute call to a girlfriend at the end of the day or something like that. I like the idea, and I think it's important for people to know about checking in and kind of recognizing what is it that you can recognize in yourself that means you need self-care, you need to take a moment. What are some self-care actions you all take personally? I know I have walked the dog a couple times a day, and that really is kind of my chance to turn on a podcast and get some fresh air. What are some things that work for you personally? I am really big into self-care. I think Lise knows that about me and a lot of people who know me. Uh, A few years ago when I was fostering, I had little ones in the home. I was super overwhelmed. I would not get up out of bed. They were my alarm clock and I was under a lot of stress. And I've realized I need a buffer between my morning and morning chaos and morning stress, right? So probably two years ago, I set an intention that I was going to get up before the kids and work out. Right now with the pandemic and not having to be out the door, it's more like 5.30 before it was has been as early as 4.45 if that's what I need to do to have a buffer, you know, before the kiddos wake up. 
I try to eat really healthy. I try to keep a regular bedtime. I try to go to bed early and get my rest. I am not a person who you want to be around. When I have not got my good sleep. I'm a, I need sleep. I'm not one of these four or five hour a night people. I need eight, seven, eight hours every night. And um, I know that about myself. Um, one of the new things that I've been doing is cutting out caffeine in the later part of the day. I used to run, I think, a little bit on caffeine. So I've been trying to be mindful of having my morning cup. And then if I need some in the afternoon, just do a decaf or, you know, whatever. And then trying to get outside. That's one of the things I, I'm not a cold weather person. So I know it's so important to connect with nature and get that fresh air, that good fresh air in your lungs. So trying to take some time, sometime through the day to take a short walk. And then at night, I've been stretching a little bit, just at the end of the day, seven minutes or so, just trying to re get that tension out of my body to help me relax and sleep. So just, you know, just the things we all know, like, right, good exercise, good food, good rest. And then just trying to be, you know, I was kind of in that funk for a while where I like, it's too much energy to get up and take a shower. It's too much energy. Like, I just want to sit on this couch and binge watch Netflix, you know, and be mindful of that. Like, I'm kind of getting in a funk and what do I need to get myself out of this? And how can I take control of my day and be intentional? And sometimes it's just sitting and breathing for a minute in between appointments or, you know, my son had a two hour meltdown the other day. I had to take a a minute and regroup because then I had an, a, a Zoom meeting, right? And so you just constantly be regulating, I guess. All of those. Um, Becky is a big inspiration for me. So she has shared a lot of those with me. I think at the beginning of the pandemic, I really struggled with that as well. I got into that funk. I, I, I joke around that I had a relationship with little Debbie for a while where I was just indulging way too much and the sugar and the lack of movement and all of that kind of got to me. And so I started just this daily routine and I was missing my friends. I'm a very social person and I was missing that connection. And so um, a good friend of mine and I found a way to still to start seeing each other every day. And we get up super early unless the wind is bitter or it's snow on the ground, like it's been the last couple of days, we bundle up. We've learned a lot about dressing warmly and um, we have walked every morning together. Sometimes it's a short walk. Sometimes, you know, on a day we have more time, it might be miles. It's a good way we can do it social distance, have our dogs with us, catch up with each other. So it's kind of met that social, emotional, physical need just like Becky, having healthy, good, nutritious food that nourishes my body is super important. Just having that knowledge and understanding that there are some foods that make me feel better than others. Little Debbie was not working for me anymore. It was not feeling good, but replacing that with some alternatives, and it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Staying hydrated, that is something we talk about a whole lot with our families, about the kids that we work with, the adults that we work with. Hydration is important. You do not have to have cucumber infused water that you drink a gallon of a day. It could be something very simple that you just like to sip on. But I'll notice if I'm not feeling great or I have a headache, I haven't had enough water and I need to have some sips. So I'll do that. 
And then um, I really try to set aside just a few minutes every day for quiet contemplation, whether it's meditation, prayer, journaling, whatever I feel in that moment, just having kind of something in a little space that's quiet for me. And that can be really hard if you don't have a space in your home to do that. So I would just recommend, you know, finding some little corner somewhere that you can create where you can have a little bit of quiet. And I think that's good. And I'm with Becky on the sleep. I have noticed that I do need more than six hours for sure. So all of those things, and there's a lot more, but those are the, those are my go-tos. If any of our listeners are struggling right now or wondering about self-care and whether they have the time or space for that, what would you say to them? I just keep going back to that cup, to that you need to nourish yourself to keep going. We have to stay healthy. Find that time. There are so many great resources on the internet. There are apps that are free that you can put on your phone. Just little tiny reminders to just carve out, even if it's just a minute, even if it's just taking two of those deep cleansing breaths, you know, in the middle of two activities, like Becky said, all of it will help you and will refill that cup for you. Yes, I think absolutely too. Like you cannot not do self-care. I think that, you know, it's just as important as sleeping and eating and taking care of your kids that you have to take care of yourself. It's not even, you know, I want people to think of it. It's not a choice. It's something I have to do because, you know, our bodies were not designed to go at full volume 24 seven, you know, we will crash and burn and we don't want to do that. We want to be there for our families. I mean, I think if you think of that way, it's selfish not to take self-care because you're not your best for your kids and for your family if you're not taking care of you. And if you're going all the time and not taking a break and not asking for help, you're being self. That's being selfish. I think if we can re-flip the script, so to speak, and really think about how do we best give to others, then we would know it's it's non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable that I have to figure out how to take care of me. Wow. I think that is a perfect way to end this episode. Thank you both so much for joining me. I know this has helped me and I hope it has helped our listeners as well. Opening Doors to Hope and Belonging is hosted by DePaul Community Resources, a nonprofit organization. Since 1977, DePaul has opened doors to hope and belonging for countless children, families, and individuals with disabilities across Central and Southwest Virginia. To learn more about DePaul and the topics discussed here, please visit depaulcr.org slash opening doors podcast.